Hello, everyone. My name is Shauna Ramsey, and I'm a Title Plus consultant with Law Pro. Today, we're bringing you the fourth episode of the In Closing podcast, where we'll be discussing topics important to the real estate community. Whether you're a real estate agent, broker, lender, lawyer, home buyer, or investor, we hope to bring you some insightful content. Today's guest is Chris Dolan, and he's a real estate agent with Royal LePage. I've personally worked with Chris on a few transactions, and I was very impressed with the outcome. His customer service was fantastic. He's in constant communication and always available to answer any questions. So I'm really excited to speak with Chris today. Let's go and get started. Hi, Chris. Hi, Shauna. Welcome to the fourth episode of the In Closing Podcast. We're so happy to have you here today. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up being a real estate agent? My father was a carpenter, and we used to, uh, you know, build houses and stuff like that. And for me, it was uh, just one of these natural progressions where you're thinking, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm renovating a house, that kind of stuff right now, or I'm, I have built my own house, that kind of thing. And, and just I was looking for something different. I'd always kind of worked with my hands. I used to be a technician, that kind of stuff. So I knew Ottawa and the, the surrounding areas fairly well. And I've always liked the the investment side of it, I think for people, your your number one way of you know ma- building wealth and stuff like that is to, to have investment type real estate, which is kind of the ultimate goal for me. So yeah, building houses, you would have had some experience with all kinds of different issues like wells, septic, and the, and the framing, and the roof. And sure. Yeah, generally when I walk into a house, I, I have a good feeling like you're looking for cracks in the drywall. <laughs> You know, issues with the foundation because yeah. you start there, foundation, go up to the roof. And then you're not, again, you can kind of know with the age of the house, you know, if there's issues that were, you know, at the time, whether it be, you know, aluminum wiring or vermiculite insulation, all right. the stuff, roofing, that kind of thing. And, you know, water issues or, you know, block foundations versus poor, the usual problems with them. And, and then things like big capital uh, or septic systems, that kind of thing, where you know, you know, it's you know, there's a good chance there's an issue with it, or there isn't, or that kind of stuff. But like anything, you need an inspection done. And I don't, I'm not an expert, but at least I, there's stuff that I would steer people away from. Well, yeah, because you know, I mean, if you've got a little bit of knowledge in the area, you can at least help them before they commit and then pay the money to have an inspector come in. That's it. And maybe sometimes it's a curse because you're looking at it, you know, versus what they want versus, you know, what you see, that kind of thing. But ultimately, you want them to be satisfied with their purchase after they, they make a you know, a large capital investment. Yeah, like yeah, well, and it's refreshing, you know, to have somebody representing you that's got your best interests at heart. You know, you're trying to find them something that's going to be a, a good fit for them. And You're 100%, yeah. You're, like a lot of it is when you're, when you're looking at these homes, w- would you buy it? You know, like, you know, obviously people's tastes are different and what they like and that kind of stuff, but would you buy that home yourself? I think it's a lot of it. And, you know, most of the time I'm, I'm satisfied myself yeah. you know, that, you know, yes, I would, or yes, I see the potential here. Or, you know, do you have the skill to do a little bit of work, that kind of stuff on it yourself versus using contractors, which, as you know, are extremely expensive. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. that is, again, with uh, 
I think that's what I, I kind of bring to the table, you know, from that perspective. I think my strengths are more in the construction, that kind of stuff. And for me, curb appeal has always been one of the things that I think on resale, that kind of stuff as well. If you're buying a house and it looks good from the street, something that, you know, looks like you want to live in it or the potential to make it you know, bring the value up, that kind of stuff, by uh, adding, you know, a little bit more curb appeal. That's, those are the two strengths, I think. I think my staging talents aren't the greatest, but I would just <laughs> hire somebody else uh, to come in and do that. So. But you know what? It's, I think it's great that you also consider resale value because I think that's something that many buyers might not think of. They're so excited about buying their dream house. They're not necessarily thinking about, will this be valuable to somebody else down the road? Or is it you know, too unique that it's not going to be you know, in demand when they want to sell it again? Well, that's it. It's, you know, particularly with uh, you know, uh, houses in the country, you know, where like if it's, there's some big issue that, you know, you got a lot of landscaping to do, that kind of stuff to bring it up to a certain level or whatever. But um, just, you know, how much money you're going to spend, you know, keeping the property up, that kind of stuff. And then things like capital expenses, like massive expenses like septic systems, you know, is that something that you're able to, it, to me, it adds value because from the construction or that the actual building st structure and the, and the integrity, the, the whole thing, you look at it as a whole block, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, but that coupled with the curb appeal and to get resale, everybody knows a newer septic system is going to take a lot of the worry out of a rural purchase. Uh, same with wells, you know, versus like a dug well, shallow well. Um, versus a drilled well that is treated. Some people draw their water right out of the rivers and they run them through filtration systems, UV light, that kind of st stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, lots of things to consider when you're dealing with country properties. Exactly. And yeah. then, you know, city is the uh, same deal, finding out neighbors, that kind of stuff is always, uh, you know. Very good point. Rentals, yeah. neighbors, you know, are you near a school, that kind of stuff. You know, what do you... You know, can you put up with a little extra noise? Uh, uh, same with uh, buying a townhome or a semi-detached, that kind of stuff, where how much soundproofing do you have, yeah. that kind of thing. And, um, also, for me, neighborhoods, and most realtors will go through a neighborhood and see how the neighbors keep the properties up and stuff like that, too. So if you're a new home buyer, your first time home buyer and you're, you know, maybe can't afford as much, you know, are you going to have a problem later on selling it when you want to upgrade? I think with first time home buyers, for example, these days, um, the cost of everything, you're almost better. A lot of these people are used to living in apartments. You know, why don't you go out and look at a, a duplex or a triplex or something, add a little bit of value into it, live, live in it for a few years. Use the equity in it to buy your forever home if you want at that point right. and just hold on to the uh, the actual investment property just to build yourself some wealth and that other you know cash flow at some point or hopefully in the beginning as well. So I know that during the pandemic things really picked up. At one point, you know, got extremely busy. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was really the norm in the past for Ottawa and surrounding area to experience these multiple offers the way we did during the pandemic. But what is your take on that? I mean, it seemed crazy. It was 
crazy, you know, again, like, a, a, you know, maybe in large urban centers, they're used to dealing with 25 offers or whatever at one time. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I do a lot more rural properties and stuff like that, which is a little tougher and not as many people are going to go out and cut the grass for two hours, that kind of stuff. But you still, when you're getting four, five, six, seven, eight, nine offers and then trying to counter some of them back and stuff like that, it was... Um, it was a bit challenging, but there was such a demand that, you know, like, I think, you know, from a business standpoint, it was very good. You know, like the, your average day is a market or, you know, a couple of days versus, you know, I think in September this year, it went it kind of dropped off the table and the interest rates started going up to back to a normal 45 days or 60 days or even um, 180 days, mm-hmm. kind of when I started, you know, it was, they would sit four or five, six months. Did you find that it was stressful on your time? I mean, I can only imagine the communication that takes place when you're getting multiple offers to consistently being relaying this information to your clients, back to the other agent, back to your clients, you know, so much, so much back and forth. Uh, a lot of back and forth. I think when you're in that position, um, as a buyer's agent, I mean, you're sitting there trying to push your product. As a listing agent, you're sitting there, and, and a lot of times I find it easy, just as easy to sit in, for example, this boardroom and kind of lay everything out. Uh, depends who your clients are as well, because some of the older folk want to be met in person. Some sure. of the newer people don't care. You can just forward them the, and go through uh uh, email and just put them on, you know, our Zoom or a conference call, that kind of stuff, and go through each offer. Uh, usually, you boil it down to, you know, purchase price, deposit, closing date, conditions, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think we got a little spoiled in that a lot of the, um, the conditions would be waived, and you know, which is super tough, especially when you're on the buyer side of it. You're advising that client, hey, you might be on the, the hook for this. But I think another thing would be, you know, having, if that property didn't appraise it, but generally the appraisals were fairly close to the market value. I don't think there was really a lot of issues on my end yeah. seeing that kind of thing. But yeah, but I think it, it, what it did was make realtors kind of focus their clients, like, how badly do you want this, right? And yeah. for me, it's always tolerance, your pain tolerance, right? Like, how much do you want? I think you should put down on a piece of paper what you're comfortable paying and make sure that you have that difference if the appraisal doesn't come out to what you're actually approved. So you were having that conversation with your clients, like, hey, listen, you know, if you're going to put an offer on the table here with no condition because you need to to be competitive, you recognize that these are the risks that you're accepting. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it. Most, I'm assuming, Royal Page, for example, there's a form that they, you just go through, essentially through it mm-hmm. so that they know, you know, because you can tell people, but, uh, you know, like it it doesn't, it's not necessarily a problem until something comes up later on. Yeah. So, but if you've yeah. gone through and explained to them, you know, you, you realize you're putting an, an offer that you're waiving a home inspection, you're waiving a septic inspection, you're, you know, your financing condition or whatever. And, but ultimately, it's your client's choice to put in any offer they want. Yeah. You know, so you put in an offer a lot of times, and 
you have a fairly good indication, like you've advised them. Uh, they're putting in multiple conditions and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, multiple offers, a lot of times you'd be over some of them, 100, 125, 130,000, you know. So you would put, I always, you know, put your best foot forward. Mm -hmm. And you may, you may get a chance to um, do a, you may get a second chance at a counter, that kind of stuff, or sending an offer. Like uh, usually do a, another full front sheet with a different price amount or that kind of stuff. And you know, as a listing agent, a lot of times, so I, if I had five or six offers, well, then you know, like I'm gonna ask them, you know, do you want to improve your offer? That kind of stuff. Just yeah, it's my job to look after yep. the seller as well. So you know, sometimes you end up with. So you were being strategic with your clients. Well, I think you have to be like in their best interest, right? Because later on, you know, could we have gotten another twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars? You know, uh, to to me, the the big thing were the the deposits. For example, like you know, like some place like Toronto, they're probably laying down fifty, hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand, or whatever their deposits are. Right up here, you know, in some of the rural areas. It, it shocks me because I'll get deposits for like a thousand dollars or something like that, and and you know now generally you want to have something that they can't like the buyer has to be serious. But as a listing agent, you want to make sure that when it comes to closing, that you know somebody's not going to walk away from a ten thousand dollar or fifty. Yeah, that higher 20. deposit is just a bit more of a commitment, right? Exactly, they yeah. know that they're going to lose something significant. Uh, if they decide to walk away from it yeah. and you, you know sometimes it's not fun this business from that perspective and that yeah, you know, it could happen it could happen yeah yeah, yeah. It, it can be you know it can be stressful there can be a lot of anxiety there's a lot of excitement but then there can be disappointment it's it's really quite the industry it's uh you know again you're up at night stuff like that all of a sudden you know something you didn't think was going to happen happens so you can generally count on it but you're usually after you have a few years under your belt you, you take things in stride and i don't always react for example in my own right away because there's so many different factors at play and, and so many other professionals involved that uh, you don't want to say or do something. You, you, you just have a sense about it after a while. Yeah. And that, you know, you're going to get the, you know, some people are going to make things happen and things that you didn't think were going to come together come together. And, you, you know, again, try to remain. I don't like to get too confrontational with other agents, my own personal thing. I think that if we kind of work together and, uh, that you're more likely to get a deal done. Yeah, which more is like the, to ultimately that's issues. all we're here for is to get a deal done. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so that everybody to some degree gets what they want. I think I don't think things come together as nicely if you purposely try to screw other people. Like it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's not. There's something going to come up. It's going to come up either it's karmic or or whatever. That's always been my experience. So well, like I said, it is a heck of an industry. Um, so speaking of the industry, I'm curious to know, so in, in 2022, the interest rates started to go up. And yep. I know you mentioned in September that things started to slow down. And to be very honest, you know, because I'm a consultant with Title Plus, yep. we really saw the same thing. Yeah. Um, we saw a real slowdown in September and, uh, and then picking up again in December. But the first, you know, the first three quarters of mm -hmm. 2022 
what did you find that was like? Did you see a gradual slowdown or did it just sort of carry I noticed it in July and stuff like that for me personally, like for some of the properties I had, uh, you know, like a lot of times Ottawa's a little different in that, you know, we do have a, a really good mix of high tech and government. So it's fairly stable. It's like a 45 and has been for 60 years. Yeah. You yeah. know, so every year, anytime it would regress, you know, just looking at the, the graph, it would come back gangbusters within a year or two years and outdo anything. It's always been a gradual, uh, a really nice, you know, it doesn't go like this, just like that. Mm-hmm. And has been for, and I look at, you know, some place like Toronto or whatever, like it, it would be a huge difference. But it was actually a blessing, I think, for us because we get a lot of Toronto agents up here yeah. looking to buy our properties. And, and um, so it's fairly steady. It seems it's still a bargain, I think, in Ottawa. Yeah. So there were properties that, you know, generally I would think were probably on the high end, um, you know, because a lot of times you can present you know, your comparative market analysis to your clients and you can go through this, but their neighbor got this amount of money. Right. So you have to kind of go with their price. And uh, surprisingly enough, there was still, it was still like even on these, would be on the high end of the pricing, list pricing that they were selling. And then you started to see it kind of drop. And... uh, I have one property in particular that has been sitting for a while. It's it's a kind of a special type property, but it was listed at, uh, at a, a little higher price, and now it's down closer to what I think the market rate probably would be. But it's been up for a while. It's been up the traditional, you know, five six months on the market. So we've and gotten back to the point where we are having to do price reductions. It's a bit more of a balanced market yeah. than it has been. and uh, But I still think, you know, when I'm looking at some of the Royal Page forecasts for this year, um, they're not, a lot of that, what we saw in the decline, you know, basically going back when the interest rates started going up in March of 2022, mm-hmm. it was so gradual and then. It seemed to be a couple right there in August, September, and then it kind of dropped off the table a bit. And uh, there wasn't a, I didn't notice a lot of it, and then you started to see it kind of, you know, like there was a couple of properties that I listed that would have been gone in a couple of days, and, you know, they're still sitting up there two or three months. Now you're starting to see the price reductions. Yeah. You know, if the, if if they turn down an offer, for example, those people are just going to go somewhere else and find it. But the nice thing, I think, of what I was getting at the beginning is that Ottawa doesn't have enough, I think, inventory, mm. and that becomes an issue there, especially new home builds and stuff like that. But um, the kind, you know, we have so many, so much immigration. You know, a lot of people coming up from Toronto, for example, a lot of military, a lot of government. You know, are transferring that kind of so those people still need a place to live. Yeah. So they're, but I think the prices and the interest rates they can't afford as much now. So they're sitting back and they're waiting. It's not like they're not going to buy. And that's why I think December's kind of been that. There's been a few. I was fairly busy. People are deciding now they have to they have to buy. Mm-hmm. So they're coming out. Yeah. And just looking at the numbers, like snapshots. You know, those are in the fall months or whatever. It's down quite a bit. And now it's, to me, it feels like it's starting to be busy again. 
to the point where they are calling for, at the end of 2023, you know, across the country, the national aggregate home price forecast is only going to be 1% below what it is at the end of this year. Well, December of 2022. That's where I was going to go next. I was going to ask you, do you have any forecasts for 2023? Well, 2023 is basically, again, uh, I'm not, I'm just following what the big guys say here. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> they basically have, you know, that they expect over the first few months of the year that it will flatten yeah. going into the middle of the year. And uh, prices expect to flatten in quarter two. And then begin a modest improvement in the second half of the year to the point where it, you know, 1%, we, most of the losses, according to this, in my mind, would have been done this past year. And now it's going to kind of even out a bit as we push to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Who knows with, you know, if the government keeps printing money and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at it, you know, the, the average price of a house across Canada in the fourth quarter of 2023 is going to be $765,171 across the entire country. You know, some of the bigger centers, obviously, Montreal, Toronto, I guess Halifax, you know, uh, Ottawa, Vancouver and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's interesting because... uh, the median price of single-family detached property economy projected to decrease 2% and then increase 1% to 781 and the average price of a condo across the country is 568000 Well, you go downtown Ottawa now, and it's pushing out all those condo buildings like in, in the uh, you know street walk, streetscapes like Westboro and stuff like that. It's just condo town now. Like it's... I used to live in that area, and, and it shocks me driving through there now. Uh, you know, the buildings, they're everywhere, and they're uh, the construction level for condominiums, you know, pushing out towards the airport. You know, again, out in places like Barhaven, the high-rise is going up there. I mean, people are choosing condominiums. I benefit a little bit from that because I do some more rural work, and some of those people don't like condominiums when they buy those apartments, and then feel they need one to two acres <laughs> yeah yeah love thy neighbor maybe not so much mm-hmm. well kind of feels to me like maybe the market will stabilize in 2023 at mm-hmm. least that's what we're all hoping for i yeah. think you know we've been through quite the uh up and down and who knows so everybody is just looking for a little bit of you know norm i think so uh, you know what I, I look at you know the unemployment rate's still fairly low and, uh, you know, like if you want to buy a house or whatever at some point, yeah, the prices will decrease or whatever, and that might offshoot a bit. Like, it's nice because Phil Soper, who's the uh, president and CEO of Royal Pages, basically had, you know, there's things that it's just people were kind of sitting on the sidelines and stuff like that. Yes, the interest rates are higher and stuff like that, but, you know, this, there's still demand there because of immigration and because of, you know, uh, people have to buy that kind of stuff, and maybe they can't afford uh, a house they could have afforded a couple of years ago, but they can still afford to go out and buy a house. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I, you know, I have a little condo uh, townhome, it's eight, nine hundred square feet. Uh, you know, it's a three bedroom, one and a half bathroom for sale right now. And I, it's sometimes, you know, like a lot of times if somebody calls me up and says, you know, I want to see it, you're working with an agent, so I go out and show it to them. And 
I went out, I don't know, three weeks ago, and this gentleman looked like he could buy himself a very nice house, whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm showing it to him, and uh, I've kind of done my due diligence over the phone, that kind of stuff. Like, you're just not willy-nilly showing people houses. But uh, I found out once I was in the house, he was looking to buy this house, and he has four children. I don't know where they would have, you know, maybe they would have been sleeping in, like, it was a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bathroom. Like, can you imagine wow. the shower fights in the morning? Anyway. <laughs> I can, because I did have young kids. They're not so young anymore, but yeah. yes, I do remember those days. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Well... I guess, you know, that was a lot of information, and I have to say, Chris, you know, I've, I've always been very impressed with your services. You know I have come to you for, you know, purchases and sales of my own. Um, I think that you've always got the client's best interests at heart, and I thank you very much for chatting with us today, giving us all this info. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you, how can they get in touch with you? I think, uh, again, yeah. All the usual uh, suspects, you know, I, I obviously maintain social media, that kind of stuff. And I, my website is crystolan.ca, which is just, you know, it's a Royal of Page type website and uh, it's linked with everything. So, you know, our listings and stuff like that go directly onto that site. But crystolan.ca, um, you know, I'm in Google, you can Google me, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that. Uh, you develop, a, you know, if you're in the business long enough, I think you, a lot of your business comes from referrals and stuff like that. So that's pretty much the bread and butter these days. Uh, but I, I definitely, I think when you're, you're taking on a client or whatever, you do your ultimate to make sure that they're satisfied with their purchase or the sale of the property and making sure that you've kept them informed in, in the whole bit through the whole process. And that's just, I think a lot of agents are, that do this exact same thing as I do. I, uh, but I really appreciate your business. Well, I think you're very, <laughs> I think you're very humble, and you are, you know, one of the best agents I've ever met. To be quite honest, so Chris Dolan at uh, RoyalPage.ca Royal is my uh, and Chris Dolan.ca is my website. Chris Dolan.ca. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks again. Great. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Thank you.